Welcome to Keys to the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. And we're going to talk about it in relationship to the path to the Kingdom of God, what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. We're uh, in a particular period of time in history where lots of strange things going on, and there's a atmosphere amongst the people of apathy and sloth that we have not seen in the world for decades, maybe centuries. You couldn't survive in the world unless you were diligent, in early America anyway, because life was quite hard at times. It was difficult. It required a great deal of work and effort. But no pain, no gain. And it brings to mind a synopsis of the country of the Teutons that was written about way back about the time of Christ, referring to the fact that the Teutons who had no divorce, no unemployment, no alcoholism, almost no crime amongst them, no orphans anywhere in their society, and the only complaint that this same Roman historian had about the Teutons as he observed them was they worked so darn hard. They were always working. But their society was extremely strong as a society. They're even cheating in a family, a husband and wife, adultery was so frowned upon it was almost non-existent. It's never really non-existent, but let's take a look at what Rome was at the same time. There was almost a total cessation of marriage as an institution. There were literally swarms of orphans in the streets running to and fro. Now, citizens of Rome, they had their orphans often taken care of by the state but these were the orphans of those who were the working class the not free citizens they were everywhere and they were not taken care of by hardly anybody and they, they were often abused and snatched off the streets for one purpose or another but they were a real problem at different points of time under the emperors now Rome used to not have that problem but it developed it Affluence was a great destroyer of the minds and hearts of the Roman people. They were a very law-abiding people. They had uh, a detailed system, a legal system. But over the period of time, it degenerated into the point where emperors were easily to rise up and rule over the people. There was a period of time there where the emperors were changing almost every month. 
they they were that quick where the people would elect a new emperor and within six months he was gone uh, he fell out of favor and the people had him executed and they got another emperor I mean it was really uh, and then there was another one almost a month later and there was another one a month after that <laughs> and it was like a revolving door on their White House and it got to that point because the people had degenerated so much so finding the path, the secret path to salvation, is making sure that you're not going down any paths that lead away from salvation, because that direction is what it's all about. The gospel is about direction. Turn around, repent, go another way. So there was a few items in history that I thought I would point out. In, in 1570, Pope Pius V, on this day, excommunicated England's Queen Elizabeth I. Uh, there had been quite a, a conflict between the popes at that time and uh, the royalty of England. And uh, we had seen where the king suddenly said that he was the uh, Pontifex Maximus of the church. Well, we hadn't had a lot of that since the days of Constantine when he said he was the bishop of bishops. He was the authority over the church. And, of course, then we ended up eventually with popes who said they were the authority over the church. And they actually, you know, rode before armies and they killed people who didn't uh, submit to the pope. And then they murdered millions upon millions of people because they had a different view of what Christ taught. And uh, eventually they split and the very kings that were crowned by the Vatican, by the popes of the Vatican, or the archbishops, such as the Archbishop of Canterbury, were now subject to the very kings they had crowned. And the king said he was the head of the church, and this became the Church of England. So that was all back in that period of 1500 1570s, which, you know, prior to that was the tremendous inquisitions where millions, 60 million people were exterminated probably that number is not even accurate enough to consider how many people were killed because of their beliefs in the name of Christianity by the way or what was posing as Christianity there was also in, on this day in history uh, in 1836 Samuel Colt patented his first revolver now, what would those two stories have in common? Uh, we, there are actually a number of things that happened this day that we could bring in uh, because uh, Robert Devereux, the second Earl of Essex uh, and former favorite of Elizabeth I, was beheaded in the Tower of London for high treason. So there was a lot of, but this was later on, this was almost 30 years later after uh, Elizabeth I had been excommunicated. Uh, that was in 1601. This, this, uh, I have an uncle who was supposedly beheaded in the Tower of London. He actually wasn't. He divulged information to the enemy uh, that was supposed to be uh, detrimental to the military forces of Great Britain and was tried and executed for that. And in reality, what he had divulged was false. And he was actually a spy for the queen. <laughs> and 
so after they had acted upon that information that they believed must be true because he had been executed for divulging it, uh, he shows up and he wasn't really executed. Uh, one of those government conspiracies that are now a matter of history. Uh, but that kind of stuff always goes on in governments of power. Why was it important to be the head of the church? Because it meant the head of a lot of money. There was huge amounts of money flowing through the church, huge amounts of property in the hands of the church, untaxed property, money-making property, property, farmland, uh, even industries belonged to the church. And by saying that he was the head of the church, he could now start confiscating that property for his own benefit. He had to do it within a certain reason or he would have had a tremendous revolution on his hands. But that's part of what it was. It was about power. It was about money. Uh, a quote you hear me say often, if you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office. But there's always a certain number of people, you know, most of us get up in the morning. I got up early this morning around 3 and was out there uh, trying to save lambs from this blizzard that we're having uh, during the night. Uh, high wind warnings and snow, and we're in the middle of lambing. And so we're out there trying to save lambs from being froze to the crown. And uh, that's what occupies most of our time. Other men get up, and they want to know how they can rule the world, or at least a major portion of it. They want to know how they can make millions and billions of dollars, how they can attain tremendous, tremendous power, more money than they could ever spend. And that's what they're looking to do. And so if you give them the opportunity, they will be like a kid in a candy store. They will... They will gobble up as much power and money as they possibly can. And before we continue on with this, I'm going to bring up a couple other little items. One item is uh, that I had a preacher from England speaking to me the other day, and he was talking about the terrible capitalism and the terrible, terrible, uh, wicked things that it brought about in Wales about uh, uh, the uh, mines and how young kids at 14 years of age were out working in the mines, suffering, and uh, whole families were living almost in total abject poverty, yet working in these terrible conditions in the mines. And the heartache and the pain and and the devastation to families that took place by just working these people literally to death. And he blamed it on capitalism, and I had to speak up. This was in a church service. And I spoke up and said, wait a minute, it isn't capitalism that caused this. It's selfishness that caused this. Capitalism isn't the problem. Uh, one thing, we we don't have capitalism in this country. We haven't had capitalism in this country for almost a century now. Uh, but true capitalism is a good thing. But among selfish people, it will create great atrocities. But the same is true amongst communists or socialists 
that if you centralize power and control, then you will have abuse because men who seek power will seek those positions of power. Whether they're corporate or governmental, doesn't make any difference. So how do you avoid that? Well, we can all be tempted. If you gave power to Saul, he was tempted and was corrupted by the power the people gave him. And the fact is, the reason corporations have so much power is because you, the people, can't get together and form co-ops. You can't form a business together as a, a group. Why can't you? Because you're selfish. You can't work together. You don't have forgiving hearts. This is what early Christianity was preached to by Christ, is that you cannot be selfish. You have to be forgiven, forgiving, ready to forgive, even if you are wronged, ready to forgive. Because those elements are essential in a society that can work together to protect themselves from whether it's corporate government or just corporations, financial corporations, you cannot protect yourself unless you work together. And you can't do that in a free society unless you are forgiving and giving. In a corporation, there's the threat of being fired, the threat of not getting a better job. And the men who have that power to make those decisions of firing you or keeping you down or giving you promotions will wield control over that corporation until that corporation is working children to death. And so then you create a government that's really powerful, whether it's a union or the government itself, to control those corporate monsters. The problem is, is that you just gave power to the souls of this world who will now become corrupted by that power, and they will be paid off by the unions, and you will still be abused. Right now, everybody in the world, just about, is being robbed by inflation. Whether you're in the European Union or in the United States, you're being robbed, right as I speak, by inflation. But rich men are getting richer while you're doing this, while you're being robbed. They're getting fabulously wealthy. And so people are out there trying to elect a president or a prime minister or whatever country you're in in order to control the abuse of these uh, the Federal Reserve-type institutions, whether they're European Union or wherever. There's a Federal Reserve almost in every single country in the world. There were a few countries that were holed out, Panama, Iraq, Iran... Uh, East Timor, but they've all got Federal uh, Reserve Systems now, these fractional reserve bankings where you end up paying interest on the money in your pocket and they print more of it and it becomes worth less and you don't control the money in your society, where whatever country it is. And the reason why is because you've been slothful. Now, many of you are probably hardworking, but your parents have been slothful. Now, there's an old saying in the Bible, my father has eaten sour grapes and turned my teeth on edge. Sour grapes are grapes that aren't ripe yet. They're still, all the grapes are sour when they're growing, and it's not until the sugar content gets up 
if you eat them early, you're eating sour grapes. And that's what's happened, is before people worked their six days, they took their Sabbath, their day of rest. And now they owe somebody the work they failed to do the six days prior to taking their rest. They've borrowed against the future. Now they're borrowing against their children and their grandchildren's future. So these are all showing you the path that we don't want to go. So what is that path to salvation? What way are we supposed to be going? And I'll I'll tell you some other items that I heard in the news this week. And uh, I, don't, I was trying to figure out which one I should tell you first. Uh, there was a story that came out of Sweden. Now, Sweden, very progressive, supposedly Christian country. Uh, the report said that Himmelstrand, which was a family in uh, Sweden, quietly moved his family to Åland Island uh, between Sweden and Finland, which is outside of the jurisdiction of the Swedish homeschooling law. It says here, although it is likely there are fewer than 100 homeschoolers in a country of 9 million people, Swedish officials appear to be vigorously seeking to stomp out the small community of homeschoolers that are in Sweden. I think he had some $20,000, $26,000 in fines against him for doing the terrible, wicked thing of teaching his own children at home. He had to literally flee his country this progressively well-educated country of Sweden is actually making war on 100 homeschoolers in the country. And 9 million people sit by and let it happen. That's insane. That's crazy. But that's happening. Another story that came out, a four-year-old in school in Canada, unfortunately, uh was drawing and drew a picture of a gun on a piece of paper and said when asked about it that his, her daddy had the gun to protect her from monsters. When the father came by to pick up his daughter at school at the end of the school day, he was asked to come into the principal's office where two police officers were waiting for him, and he was arrested, taken to the police station, strip-searched, completely strip-searched. His wife was asked to come to the police station. Policeman came by her home and said he needed to come to the police station. So she went to the police station. Her other children were taken from her and sent to Children's Services. And they investigated his house, searched it high and low, found no gun anywhere. He did not know even why he was being arrested. He did not even know why he was being arrested. Finally, it was explained to him that his daughter had drawn a picture of a gun and said that her daddy, four-year-old, four-year-old, daddy had a gun to use to protect her from monsters. And he didn't have a gun. 
and there was no crime committed other than his four-year-old drew a picture and I guess fibbed a little bit her daddy does protect her from monsters I guess but couldn't protect her from the monsters that arrested him so what's wrong with that picture people say lots of things well I'll tell you what's wrong with that picture daddy had his kid in school he had his child in school that's where things went wrong you gave somebody else the power over the mind of your child at four years of age she is surrounded by insane people and you let that happen I personally can't believe that a person is truly Christian and wants to send their kids to public school you can't truly be following Christ and want to force your neighbor to pay for your child's education expose her to or them, her, him, whatever to public education to the corruption in the other children to the corruption in the teachers to the cor- corruption in the curriculum you really can't do that and be saying you're following Christ now you can give me all kinds of excuses why you can't take your child out of school why you can't teach your child why can't you get together with other families and make your own school where you work together as families in the education of your children if you don't think you can do it by yourself why can't you get together with others aren't you forgiving enough aren't you giving enough homeschooling is one of the critical elements that we we call kingdom track in finding (laughs) excuse me in finding our way back to the kingdom in the kingdom you're, you're supposed to be keeping the commandments and the commandments say thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods Jesus said you had to keep the commandments in order to obtain eternal life he said that out of his mouth what must I do to obtain eternal life answer from Jesus' mouth keep the commandments now from those who want to second guess Paul they will say you don't have to do anything just believe if that doesn't sound like Satan himself trying to tell you you don't have to do the will of the Father you just have to say you believe and you're automatically saved why why is that so enticing to people because they want to know where they go after they die why is that so important where you go after you die because Jesus said don't worry about tomorrow Jesus said that and you're so worried about tomorrow you're not even going to listen to what Jesus said you're going to listen to some preacher talking to you about what he says Paul meant Paul meant follow Jesus do what he said and he said keep the commandments and the commandments say thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods or anything that is their neighbor's and Jesus says not to be like the benefactors the rulers of the Gentiles 
who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. When you send your kid to public school, you are forcing your neighbor to pay for your child's education at the point of a gun. What do you think is going to come of that? You're going to be thrown into jail, strip searched, because your daughter, four-year-old daughter, drew a picture of a gun. That's how insane it's going to get. It's going to get a lot more insane than that. And I got a bunch of stories here. I could tell you just how insane it's getting. But we're going to talk more about this in relationship to Europe, Glenn Beck, Tea Party, but mostly about Christ. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Let our motto be, Don't Tread on Me. LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media Channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. 
war of federal aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of federal aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. So welcome back. Uh, one of the things I'm going to bring up is that there is a chat room. If you want to get into the chat room and ask a question, there's usually somebody monitoring it and will let me know what those questions are. And if you want to call in and ask a question directly, we have a call-in number. And actually, I've got it here right in front of me. It's 414-395-2442. You can call in if you want to ask a question. Uh, some of the, you know, you can go down the news stories. And there are just hundreds of news stories that are showing us all kinds of strange, bizarre things going on in the world today. But the truth is, it's a lot more bizarre, a lot more strange than you can imagine, because there's hardly any of us that have not had our perception of righteousness twisted about. Somewhere along the line, people... We talked about the fellow at the Bible study who, when asked, what well, you don't believe they're supposed to obey all governments, and he said, oh, yes, all governments. And they asked him, well, what about Pope Pot? And he said, oh, yeah. Well, Pope Pot told children to go out and murder their parents, told people to kill anybody who stepped out of line at all. And they murdered millions of people in that country. And I guess he would murder me if the government told him to. Because you have to obey the government. I actually heard him say under his breath, didn't say it real loud, well, you have to obey the government, otherwise they might come and get you. Funny thing is, he was sitting right at the table with a spy for the government. <laughs> He's actually warned people, <laughs> warned the preacher in that local church not to speak up about and question government because he doesn't know when there are strangers in his midst that will report him. <laughs> but, so, you know, it is it is a strange, bizarre world that we live in. And you don't know who you can trust, but you can trust in Christ. But you can't hear Christ. You will not know what to do. You will not have him watching your back. If you're not on the path, he cannot come out and meet you halfway. The Father will not come out and meet you halfway if you are going the opposite direction. So you have to repent. You have to turn around. It's wrong to force your neighbor to pay for your education, for to pay for your child's education, to pay for your health care, to do any of these things. That's coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of government. And you cannot do that and expect to have eternal life. You cannot do that and expect God to hear your prayers. Because he said, I will not hear you in that day. Just for electing Saul. A lot of people say, well, no, they didn't elect Saul. It says the voice of the people cried out. 
And they wanted Saul. The majority wanted Saul. That's a democratic choice. All Samuel did is swear him in like any other Supreme Court justice. And you got your king. And now God will not hear you. He says, I will not hear you because you've done that. But I'm, I'm, I'm not faulting all the people who are trying to get some president or prime minister or whatever elected. I'm just saying, what is going to happen if you do that? Samuel was to allow the people to choose their king, if that's what they wanted. But he had to tell them what's going to happen when you do that. If you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office, and they will exercise authority over you, over your sons, over your daughters. They will make their instruments of war, and they will take your life. They will take everything they can from you. And in order to appease the people, they will offer them great gifts, gratuities, and benefits at your expense. And the burden will be heavy, not light. Now, if you turn around and seek the kingdom of God, there's still a burden. But it will be light. So what does it look like to turn around and seek the kingdom? Well, homeschool. There you go. Are you homeschooling? Are you helping some other family homeschool their children? Are you helping them do that? Are you trying to gather together with other homeschoolers and support them? There's only a hundred in Sweden, and the other nine million people are evidently against them, either through overt action or apathy. So that good, God-fearing people are fleeing the country. Now, the reason there's only 100 homeschoolers in the, the country is because of the fact that... I mean, it's like you live in China and you're hiding your child so that the police don't come and get him. It's like you're in Egypt. And if you want to teach your children, you have to hide them in the bulrushes so that nobody knows you have the child because if they find out you're not putting them in school sacrificing them to the God of Nebo. The God of Nebo? That's the God of education. That's what it means. That's in the Bible. Who's your God of education? Aren't you supposed to teach up your sons and daughters? Okay, home health. We got a family down here whose husband his legs aren't working anymore. Can't hardly get up. Had to go down there and get them up numerous times because they can't physically lift them up. I can barely physically lift them up. He's a pretty big guy. <laughs> I got him out of the car by myself, but then I I just kind of hugged him and bear hugged him and lifted him up out of the car. Uh, he had a toe amputated and he had a broken leg and he's got a deformed backbone and from a degenerative disease that he's had for 20, 30 years. He's a hard-working guy, but he's in his 80s. And he can't hardly get around anymore. And when he went to the hospital, he didn't get any exercise. 
his legs are just about atrophied down him. So I got him up, and then we wheeled a wheelchair underneath him, and I set him back down in that chair, and we got him in the house. But that's that's community working together. He wants to be at home. He doesn't want to be in the hospital. So why aren't you working together in your community to do the same thing? I mean, you can take care of each other better if you work together. But your faith is all over the place. Your faith is in schools, in public education, in hospitals, in doctors. It's not in God. God's just for an hour on the weekend. The kingdom of heaven is taking care of yourselves. Pure religion is taking care of your neighbor and the needs of your society, unspotted by the world, all the other people. So that's what you have to do. So what we've done is created this network on, on the Internet with Google Groups where you can sign up, meet other people in your area. Of course, right now, if you were in California, probably there isn't anybody within a few miles of you. Probably. We haven't found everybody in your neighborhood yet. We found a few people. So everybody in the California group are diligently working day by day to find all the other souls who want to do things like homeschool, home health, take care of one another. No. They're waiting for somebody else to do it, I guess. You got to do it. People have to see the necessity of coming together or they're just going to be picked off one by one. You know, we raise sheep out here. They're running around out there on a thousand acres sometimes. No real fences around them that would keep out coyotes, mountain lions, bobcats. How do they survive? They come together. And that's what you have to do. You have to come together. That's why the corporations are winning out over the people because they get together. You know, whether they dangle carrots and money and benefits and promotions and everybody goes. What can we dangle in front of you? to entice you into congregations of record. Righteousness. That's all we can offer you is the chance at righteousness. You can actually take care of one another in righteousness. Do right by one another in righteousness. You know, why Why should I join his holy church? Well, you don't actually join the church. You just come together in congregations of record. You don't join, you don't become a member. You just freely assemble. The right to free assembly. You come together. If you see a need, you fill a need. If you love it, set it free. <laughs> I have a son who's always popular with saying that. Uh, if you love it, set it free. Well, if you love your neighbor, why aren't you setting your neighbor free? Why are you forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare? Why are you going to force your neighbor to accept your choice in presidents or prime ministers? Why would you force them to accept your idea? Now, if you want to go 
have an election and, and elect a president, that, that's your choice. Or a prime minister, that's your choice. But don't delude yourself into thinking that that's your salvation. It's not. So we talked about salvation being something that saves you not only in the next world, but in this world. It sets you free. I mean, they set Israelites free from Egypt because they learned to glean in the field at night for their benefit instead of going to the Pharaoh for their benefit. And this allowed them that when they became free, they could actually function as a society. You can do that right now. You know, you can start working together. And I gave you the example of homeschool, but also home health. There's somebody, uh, I think he's down in the California area. He's written me several times on the YouTube posts, and he's evidently on disability, and he's in his 30s, and he lives at home with his folks, and probably gets a disability check to do it. I don't know what his disability is, but he's worried about the fact that Social Security number might be the mark of the beast, and he's going to hell. And I must have said to him two or three times that I didn't say anything about going to hell. He says, but if I get a job, I'm still going to hell because I still have a Social Security number. I I didn't say that. doesn't say that in the Bible. Even if the Social Security number is the mark of the beast, you're not going to hell because you have it. I didn't say it. Now, there's some people that might be thrown into, like, a fire, or everybody might suffer fire and brimstone none of that has necessarily to do with hell the fact is is I asked him if you to get a job can you get a job and you don't get a job the sin you're dealing with is the sin of sloth the old fellow he could have been on disability I mean I've never seen this old fellow in the last 35 years I've known him I've never seen him stand up straight. He can't stand up straight. If he stood up straight, he'd be like six foot six. I've always looked down to talk to him because he can't stand up straight. His back is broken. It looks like a stack of broken blocks on the x-ray. Doctors say, your, your back is broken, you're paralyzed, you'll never walk again. And he gets up and he walks out of the office. This is the way he's lived for ever since I've known him. He could have been on disability. But if you ask him, how come you don't go on disability? He would turn around and look up at you and say, why? Why would he be on disability? He'll get into kingdom heaven before all the baptized people will. Generous to a fault. Patient. With all this pain and suffering. Amazingly patient. You don't think that counts? I know he gives gives to the the little ones of Christ. So there's lots of things you can do, but one of the most important things, and this is what we're going to cover in the last hour of this show, is is being in the moment. People say, "Well, I don't know if we can do this. Do what? You know? Does this work?" Does what work? Either you want to live your life righteously or you don't. How how many minutes of your life can you live during this next minute? 
Only one. Only one minute at a time. Only one second at a time. That's the way you live. That's the way you seek the kingdom. What's right to do now? You know, for years we haven't had employment out here. Or you punch a clock. You get up, you go to work. I woke up this morning at like 2.35, and I thought, wide awake, I'm laying there, I'm not going back to sleep. I thought, must be something going on out there. <laughs> so I, my son would normally be checking at that time, but I just got up, got dressed, went out, sure enough. There was a lamb, there was already a, a lamb that had been born in the sack, and she didn't get up and turn around and get that sack off it and it suffocated. I think it actually was dead in her because of the hard labor. But we saved the, the last lamb born. And she'll raise that up if, if it keeps getting healthy. And it was pretty cold last night. And soon, no sooner got her in, there was another set of twins. And uh, I had to bring them in. So I haven't been back to bed. <laughs> but the reality is when you live on a farm like this, you're always giving up your time to save another life. We have a caller. We have a caller. A noisy caller. Caller, you have a question. Hello, you're on the air. Turn down your radio. You caller, you're on the air. Do you have a question? Well, I don't know. Did he lose him? <laughs> it looks like he's still here. Oh, well, maybe maybe we did. Yeah, I think we lost him. No, well, I'll give another shot. Uh, do you know who it was? No, nope, I do not. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, I suppose you. Maybe you don't even know, you can't even see, you don't have a regular switchboard, so you can't even see the telephone number, huh? I can see the number. It wasn't one I recognized. Oh, okay. Okay. Any activity in the chat room? Um, no, a couple of people commenting on the uh, gentleman you said had physical problems. Uh-huh. Some ideas about health and, and uh, getting him more functional. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's there's a number of things we're working on, and we have other people in the community that are helping with some of this. Uh, yeah, he had fallen and broken his tibia and ended up in the hospital, and he had a, uh, you know, the guy's not young either. He's doing pretty good for a guy in his 80s, <laughs> and he's had a disability that would have put most people uh, getting a government check every month, and he's... He's been going out working. Even after he retired, he went out and worked for other ranchers uh, for hours and hours on end on a tractor. And But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things he could do, and we've been working on a number of those things. But uh, uh, his short stint in the hospital because of the broken leg and the bad infected toe, it just got worse because the hospital people didn't get him up. They didn't, you know, they just left him in bed. They didn't get him in the wheelchairs or he's using his arms and moving around. And uh, he needs to be active. And uh, uh, he knows that, but in the hospital, uh, he, he had more visitors 
than anybody in the hospital, they said, because the guy is so well liked. And, and most of the people he knows lives a hundred and some, 120 miles away from the hospital. And, and yet he still had visitors every day, several times a day. <laughs> so that's the kind of guy he is. But he's, you know, he's in his mid-80s. I think he's 87 or something like that now. Uh, so he's up there in age. But he's he's coming along. But the point is, is that it's community that's doing him more good than anything. It's people taking the time. And even then, you know, what happened if there was no government check anywhere? And this is what I told the guy on disability in California. Uh what are you what are you going to do when there is no government check? What are you going to do when a loaf of bread is is ten dollars and a gallon of gas is fifteen dollars and everybody is broke and they didn't give you a cost of living increase? Uh, what are you going to do if the check just stops coming? Well. It's really bad reasoning on my part is that I don't want people motivated out of, what am I going to do because it's all about me again? How will I save me when my check stops coming? Who will take care of me? The thing is, is that if you got a check coming, who are you taking care of? Are you, are you working to help anybody? Or are you just collecting that check and playing on the Internet and watching TV and that's just not those people in the Teutons who had no divorce, almost no adultery, no orphans, no alcoholism, no unemployment, worked for each other, for themselves, for their families. People, somebody was telling me the other day that Constitution is what made this country great. No, it is not. Not in any way, shape, or form. What made this country great is individual people getting up and going to work, even when they have a headache, <laughs> and and being there for their neighbor and taking care of their their neighbor when they would rather sleep in. Like I was out taking care of lambs when I... Theoretically, I would have rather sleep in, but the fact is, something woke me up and said, "No, can't go to sleep. You got to go out and check." Because <laughs> usually, when I go to bed, I can sleep right on through. I don't have to wake up. <laughs> I have no guilty conscience, but something woke me up this morning, and I was wide awake, and I thought, "Oh, must be something going on out there." <laughs> and so, I went out. I probably should have hopped right up. I laid there for a while thinking I'd go back to sleep, but I didn't, and I realized, whoa. And that's part of the path is how do you know where to be and when to be at a particular place? How do you know when to turn left, when to turn right, when to put on the gas, when to put on the brakes? That's about being in the moment. That's being still and know what God wants you to do right now. And that's an individual thing. You can't learn that in a book. But there are things you can do to try to learn to be still. And I, I may talk about that in the next hour and explain to you some of the tricks that they talk about in ancient Hebrew texts and some of the rituals and and, and things that they 
they put down in writing to give you a hint on how to be in the moment. Unfortunately, they twisted these things in the metaphors and the into mindless rituals. And they talk about that when the ritual becomes unmoored from its purpose. It becomes detrimental to its purpose. And we need to turn around and find out what's really going on. And that's why, yes, accepting Jesus as your personal Savior is a key element. But are you really accepting Jesus or an image of Jesus created in your mind, created in your thinking by other men? That's not a true image of Christ. And we're going to talk about that when we return to Keys of the Kingdom. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. I pledge allegiance to the King of Kings and to His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. One holy nation and our heavenly Father, great mercy, justice for all. Hey Gregory, we have a caller on the line. Okay. Good morning. Caller. Oh, Brother Gregory? Yes. Yeah, hi, it's Isabel in New York. Hello, Isabel. How are you? Fine. 
Good. Um, I just have a couple of announcements that I'd like to make. Sure. If you don't mind. Okay. That's one great is. Time. Okay. One is that I am having a gathering at my home on March Sunday, March 11th. If anybody is traveling in the New York area, it's about an hour and a half from New York City. Um, anybody's welcome to come over. We have three definites and a couple of maybes. So it would be nice to have anybody over who is traveling in the area. Right. Uh, and one way that people can find out when these gatherings in different parts of the country or even start to form other gatherings in their own parts of the country is to join the Living Network, which is actually we, we've got a couple other announcements. Uh, Caleb in Texas and uh, Steve in uh, Colorado, uh, soon uh-huh. to be in California, is now contact ministers. And I think also uh, another uh, I can't remember his name right off hand. <laughs> In Australia, has got a new contact minister. Or Claude. Claude. Contact. Claude, yeah. yeah. There's another Claude up in Vermont who's, I've seen his picture show up on our list of contact ministers. Right. Uh, and David Ray, who's somewhere in the Midwest there. Missouri. Uh, his, his picture's been added to the list. So these are people gathering from different parts of the country, and I guess you're going to have this meeting in New York, and you want to give the time again? Uh, March 11th, Sunday, March 11th, at 11 o'clock to yeah, whenever. And, you, and people can get all the details on the Living Network, which they find at hisholychurch.org. And the idea of the network is to start to connect people, get them to actually meet in their homes, uh, come face to face and there's a variety of people out there that will show up but because we're all learning forgiveness we can show up and communicate and see if we can't develop relationships like the first century church so mm-hmm. now did you have some other announcements that you want uh, to make? Yeah, my, the other announcement is is that um, the, the first week of April uh, Nitsan Parak and I are going to visit uh, a gentleman in prison in uh, southwest Pennsylvania, Greater Ford, Pennsylvania, who is uh, has one of your books, The Higher Liberty, and he's having Bible studies in that prison, and we're um, going to meet up with him and get to know him, encourage him, and, you know, figure out how we can help him, and anybody who'd like to come with us, that would be great. That's, we don't know, we don't have an exact... We don't have an exact date, but we can, you know, we're pretty flexible. Um, right. and, and again, in order to find out about the details of that, once you're on the Living Network, there are people actually working to give you those details. Yeah, that's, that's Alex. I never did get a chance to meet Alex, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, incarcerated at the time and uh, been trying to find his way to the kingdom, too. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that, that's one of the things on the path. The path is not just a path for ourselves, but it's helping others along the way. I gave the example of of uh, Popat's regime, how they marched three million people out of Nam Pen, and the, one of the horrible stories out of that is that if you stepped out of line, they immediately shot you. So everybody stayed in line, marching down the roads, and if you fell, 
they literally, the people behind you just kept walking over you, and they literally crushed people into the ground because they knew that if they stepped out, they would be immediately shot. So this this kind of inhumanity can take place in a people who isolate themselves. You, that's why you have to, that's why all governments want to isolate communities. And with the modern inventions of TV and radio and the computer, we can actually isolate ourselves so that we think that we're in a community when we're actually only online. And the reality is, is that these, all these communities that have been successful in setting themselves free is because they have gotten together and actually met and learned to care about each other. And so that's we're using the computer now to create this living network where people can actually meet up with other people and sacrifice a little of their time and their uh, energy and maybe a little uh, humility at times in order to learn to get along with each other long enough to start developing real communities. So... So those are two uh, projects uh, that yeah. meeting in April and March, I guess. Right, right. And, and uh, I will I will post it on the um, preparing you page also. Right, um, and that I'll tell them a little bit more about that. So everything else going okay? Yeah. With you, Isabel? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Everything's. Fine. Thank you very much for asking. Okay. Well, we thank you for the call. I'll tell people a little bit more about the wiki site and how that plays into the network. Okay. Uh, All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh, we've created this Internet network, uh, and originally we don't, we didn't do a Facebook kind of thing, although we're on Facebook. I, I really don't have any time to do anything with it. But it, we, it, it's a way we can use it for announcements and stuff for those people who are on Facebook. Uh, but what we created is a network uh, where the email groups are based on geographical areas. And there's another group out there called um, Freedom Works, and I've heard a little bit about that, where... It's a network you get on, and somebody you pick somebody who connects you on it, and they become like your personal contact minister. Uh, that was the way it was described, but it's not based on geography. So the guy that you pick may be on the other side of the country, but they have the idea of networking. But in order for a network really to work well and actually become functioning in society, it needs to be based on geography as well so that you can actually meet offline, not just on the phone, not just in emails, but actually in reality meet. And so that's what, why we set this up on a geographical basis in the hopes that you will find somebody on the same block or around the corner. And uh, that doesn't always happen right now because we're pretty spread out, but if people work at it, it can happen. And one of the things I've suggested is that everybody on the network also join things like Freedom Works or the 912ers or um, some of the homeschooling groups that are around because these are all kingdom tracks. And if people link up, uh, they don't have to join some religion or join some group or wear a prayer cloth or a special hat or any of those things. 
but we're looking for the common virtues of Christ operating in the lives of other people, and we want to implement that in the lives of other people. And the way to do that is to network together and form teams. You can call them congregations, you can call them teams, whatever you want to call them, but groups of people that know that I will be there for you, you'll be there for me, you watch my back, I'll watch your back, we'll lift together simultaneously and we'll get the job done. And so we created those Google groups that are a way in which to get to know people in your area and to find those people in your area that you don't know yet and get them on the groups. But then we also have a Preparing You wiki site. It's a, it's just a regular website, but we call it wiki because you can actually participate in building the site. Uh, you can put on articles. You can uh, present information about congregations and groups of record. Uh, you can uh, pick and see the different contact ministers in the different areas. We have uh, maps of everywhere in the world just about and where people are located, but we won't tell you exactly who and exactly where. Uh, but we'll tell you that there is somebody in this area, there is somebody in that area, if you want to meet them, you have to make a living connection. It's not a commuter. People want computer programs where they just plug in the information, they get back an answer, they don't have to actually deal with anybody. That's not the way we're doing it. You have to actually pick somebody to be your contact minister. You can change any time. And then he works at connecting you with other people, and you support him in that work and you both become a part of a team by doing that. And that's just the beginning, because eventually you want to work towards a society where you, all your social welfare is taken care of through that network, and that you're not dependent at all upon the pharaohs of this world. And that, and that means that when you pick a job like contact minister or you pick somebody as a contact minister, you have to work at that and support them. And they have to keep their word and be there for each other and honor one another, honor their word. And that's that's being in the now. That's all taking place in the now. So anyway, uh, we could take another call if you have somebody else who wants to call in. Yeah. And we... Ha- I would encourage, at the beginning of the show, there was someone, area code 903, I think it was, and just recently there was a area code 228. Please call back. I didn't want to slight you at all saying it was a noisy call. It just sounded like you were in a noisy environment, but we're, we right. want to hear from you. Yeah, uh, and the number to call is 213. No, that's not three. the call. That's not the number. I'm looking at the wrong number. 414 <laughs> 395 2442-414-395-2442. And then also there's the chat room. You can go to the chat room and, and um, put in a question. If you have a question, put a bunch of question marks behind it so we, it stands out as a question, and then we'll ask it on air. And uh, we'll do this. This is what the first century church was doing. It was organizing itself from the grassroots ground up 
connecting with one another. You have to remember when you got the baptism of Jesus Christ on Pentecost, you weren't going to get a disability check anymore. You weren't going to get a welfare check anymore. You weren't going to get any of the benefits that were offered to you by that government temple run by the Pharisees. You, When you got the baptism of Jesus Christ, all your benefits came to you through the ministers and the people who also got baptized by the baptism of Jesus Christ. And that's why the apostles worked daily in the temple. They didn't depend upon a central treasury where thieves and robbers... They had to have a daily flow of faith and hope and charity to take care of the true needy of their society. Because there were going to be some people that needed help on disability. There were going to be some people who were orphans and widowed, and they had to take care of them. There were orphans that existed in the lands of the Teutons, but you didn't see them in the streets because they were immediately adopted by a family who took them in. It was an obligation of society to see to it that there were not orphans and widows neglected. And that made that society strong. They did not elect a ruler to force the contributions of the people to take care of the needy of their society they took care of it themselves. I could show you examples in, in history, society after society. Glenn Beck, I, I mentioned Glenn Beck at the break. Glenn Beck went to Europe and he met in Turkey and he met in Italy and he met in people all over. And there's actually groups of tea partiers forming in Europe. Well, the tea parties, you know, that terminology, that's specifically American. But they said they didn't know what else to call it. Their group, their grassroots group of organizing people saying, we don't want to depend on government. They, so they called it the Tea Party because they said, we, in our history, we don't have a history of small government. Well, they do. They do have a history of grassroots government. In Germany, which is also outlawing homeschooling, in uh, Sweden in France, in Italy. They all have a history of this small networking form of government. But they all went to public school and they can't remember it anymore because <laughs> it's been removed. It was removed hundreds of years ago from our collective thinking. And they don't want you to know about it. They want you to keep it a secret. And it's simply the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Hundreds, they called them in Germany. Tithing men, they called them in England. Dechens, they called them in Italy. Ten families gathered together, picked a minister who didn't rule over them but served their needs with what was given to him by the people. It was a government of the people for the people and by the people. It's the way Israel was organized. The real Israel. It wasn't a central government with an income tax and iron coin. It was a government of the people who learned to love one another and take care of the true needs of one another when they occurred in society. And that's with the kingdom of God. 
each of you had to exercise your responsibility to take care of the needy of your society in faith, hope, and charity according to the perfect law of liberty. Picture that, if you will. Can that work? Amongst virtuous people, it can work better than anything you've ever imagined. Amongst people who are faking their salvation in Christ, it's an uphill struggle. Because they aren't really saved. If you were really saved, this is where you would go. To a society that takes care of the needs of the community through faith, hope, and charity. This is where you would be if you had accepted Christ. You would be there. In the Beatitudes, blessed are the meek, blessed are the ones who thirst after righteousness. Blessed are... What is this blessed are thing? There's two different words that could be translated into blessed in the New Testament. Completely different words. The one there actually doesn't really mean blessed. There isn't any English word to put there that would actually fit. The word is translated blessed most of the time, but it's also translated happy. Even if you were a beggar, you would still be happy in the kingdom of God. Even if you were meek or weak or whatever, you would be happy in the kingdom of God because you would be in the moment with God. He would be in you and he he would be a part of you in your heart and in your mind. It's very important. Most people approach Christianity in their mind. Others approach it kind of in their emotions. But can you think in your heart? Can you be what Christ was in your heart and your mind? Because then he's writing upon your heart and your mind. You have accepted him. And if he's writing on your heart and your mind, why would you be coveting your neighbor's goods? If he's writing on your heart and your mind, why would you be angry or fearful? You just wouldn't be. You wouldn't need to be. So what what are we going to talk about where I can talk about an ancient ritual, an ancient secret ritual that has uh, passed down to us from age upon age, which most people have no knowledge or understanding of whatsoever. And yet it was right there in the original text. And we don't know what it's all about. You've probably seen pictures. There's a couple of pictures on our website. We don't talk about it on the website. But uh, uh, I'll talk about it here. And it's uh, a phylactery that is put on the forehead, which is a little leather box. And they put a long scripture into it, usually written in a long single line. And they roll it up. And they put that in uh, the the leather uh, leather box, which they strap on their forehead, and then they wrap this leather thong around their arm, down to their hand, and they hold the leather thong in their hand. <coughs> and as I said, um, when a symbol unmoors itself from what it symbolizes, it loses meaning. It becomes ineffective. It becomes useless. 
it becomes without purpose. And that's a real problem uh, with most of the rituals that have come down to us through the ages. And this phylactery uh, that you find among some Greek, not Greek, Jewish Orthodox uh, groups uh, is just a perfect example of that. Uh, it has a number of other names, and I was trying to think of what they were, and I can't, I can't quite recall. But a phylactery—that's that's a big enough word to remember. But really, what that symbolizes is that the scripture, being the word of God, and of course, paper scripture is not actually the word of God. It's just the words of men printed down, representing the word of God that was written on the heart and mind of someone who originally authored the book. The actual Word of God is alive and lives in men's hearts and minds and is put there by the Holy Spirit. What is printed is just printed material. Now, all Scripture is given to us for a reason. All Scripture. You know, that's the original uh, quote that we see in Second Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is, and the word is is not really in the original text, but all scripture given by inspiration of God. So if the is isn't really there, what are they saying? All scripture given by inspiration of God. And, and that second is is not really there. And profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, in righteousness. So it's all scripture that is given by inspiration of God and and all that requires is that somebody is inspired by God and they write something down. The word scripture there in the original text just means writings. It doesn't refer to the Bible necessarily. It certainly could refer to the Bible. But it doesn't say all all the Bible, all this book. It just says all writings given by inspiration of God is profitable for teaching for doctrine, for reproof, rebuke, correction, for instruction. In what? In righteousness. Righteousness, that's what we're supposed to be seeking. How do you seek righteousness? Well, you have to actually be a doer. If God gives you some information, you don't do anything with it. You just say, well, I got that, and I'll keep that. I'm pretty smart now. I got this in my head but I'm not going to do anything with it. God's going to give you a stroke and take it away. Because you were given a denarii and you didn't a talent and you did nothing with it. And Christ said, I'm going to take it away from you if you don't do anything with it. So if he gives you knowledge of something and you don't do anything with it, you should have that knowledge taken away from you. If you take that knowledge and share it with others, he should give you more. You lose your life so that you have life more abundant. This is part of the precepts. It's repeated over and over and over again. Back to the phylactery. The phylactery is the Word of God in a box, in the center of your forehead, in your mind. It's wrapped around your arm, down to your hand. And what it actually is symbolic as, as of, a, of a principle which can be manifested in a number of different ways, including a meditation where you sit 
with your eyes closed and you imagine through the feeling of the presence of your hand at your side a picture of your hand in the center of your forehead as if you're creating a connection like that leather thong to your nervous system of feeling the presence of your hand hanging at your side up in your mind's eye for the purposes of knowing the will of God and when you try to do that be still and just see your hand your mind will interrupt your thinking because your mind doesn't want you to be still because the devil doesn't want you to be still and, you're, and the devil has more control over your mind than God because you've fallen from the light and now you have to return to the light and God said let there be light and there was light but God said you know you have to listen for me to keep talking to you I will not strive with you forever so while you try to be still and notice your hand in your mind's eye so to speak your brain will interrupt you with feelings with thoughts emotions and you get to see those things and shed light on those things that are keeping your mind from being still and when you're willing to see everything that pops up see it not be carried away with it but see it observe it and be still anyway that's meditation that's strengthening your ability to be in the moment that's an exercise and that's what that was all about leather thong doesn't do anything the little box doesn't do anything the little paper, the paper with scripture on doesn't do anything those are the symbols but they have unmoored the symbols from their purpose and lost that but what about how to by quieting your mind you allow God to you're waiting upon the Lord so you're allowing God to tell you to show you to your to to enlighten you as to the truth through divine inspiration and this is what Christ said he would build his church on he says not flesh and blood revealing it to you but by the Holy Spirit that's what he's building his church on so that little exercise, and there's a number of people that have taught similar things, it's not about making your mind go blank. It's just about being still and noticing all those things that keep you from being still. Because that's that's what you buried in your, in your father's house. In your father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Well... That that's actually a quote on several levels. In in you, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. In you, there are many levels, many rooms, many places to hide the truth about what you have done. Not only in your mind, which has become a movie screen of distraction, but your heart. You can't think with your heart. You can't you can't even let God write upon your heart because your heart is so full of 
judgment and anger and resentment. This is why it's important to learn to forgive. Not only because it will bring you salvation in this world when you learn to forgive and give, but because it will free your heart. As you free others from your own judgment and wrath, your heart will become free. And then God can write upon In the Old Testament, there are lots of symbols. Heart means compassion, forgiveness. In the Hebrew language, it's also translated that way. And we'll talk a lot about some of these other symbols that we see in the Old Testament. Uh, liver, kidney, these all have alternate meanings because they're all representing chambers in the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we'll return in a moment. Keys of the Kingdom. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com What year is it? The year of the Lord God the Pope? 2012 according to the Vatican's Gregorian calendar? Or 5940 since creation according to the Bible? Did you know that the Creator put a clear chronology from the creation in His Word? It is widely accepted that the millennial reign of Christ will be the Sabbath or seventh millennium from the creation. If this thesis holds true, then this clear chronology becomes very important. Is the seventh millennium imminent? Will there be a rapture escape? Or is it about 60 years off? See the clear evidence for yourself in the booklet, What Year Is It? We will send you the Greatest Prophecy DVD, the booklet, What Year Is It?, and a copy of Richard Bennett's groundbreaking work, The Inquisition, for a mere $5 shipping and handling cost. Any donation above that amount is appreciated. Send your $5 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, T-U-L-A-R-E, Tulare Avenue in Tulare, California, 93274. Again, send your cash support donation to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. Or see the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com to send a check or money order. We are grateful to the Almighty for your support. The Greatest Prophecy DVD Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is 
the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, the telephone number to call is 414-395-2442. Uh, or you can put a question in the chat room just by adding lots of question marks. And we're talking about some of the secrets. Of... Let me interrupt you for a second. Sure. I just want to tell people in the chat room that there's extremely long delays right now, so I may not see a question that comes up. But feel free to call in. Okay. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that a lot of people in the chat room? No, not a lot of people, just for some reason. It's, it's got a little number of delay on the bottom and it says it's 660,000 milliseconds so that's Ooh. broken at 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> okay well so after the show, I'll half hour question. left the show so <laughs> I get the question in quick so anyway uh, uh, anyway so we do have the telephone line open if you have a question uh, one of the things that uh, there's a million ways to approach this and and I'm really a lot better at answering when people really want to know something than just rambling on. But we started talking about this phylactery, this leather box on the forehead of many of the Jews. We completely missed the whole point of the meditation or spiritual exercise. And it's only a spiritual exercise if you do it from for a spiritual purpose. But the fact is, is you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And what's happened is we've used our brains as entertainment sources uh, to make us feel good. And it's become this movie projector of ideas and, and, uh, and you know, uh, entertainment. And that's what religion has become for most people. They just go to church to feel good, to be lifted up, to be emotionalized, and to imagine that they're saved. And the reality is, is the brain is a tool. It is really, in essence, the tree of knowledge. And every part of our body, not only our brains, but our heart, our kidney, our liver, are all centers of the spiritual character of our existence. And your your liver, the same word for liver in the Hebrew also is translated honor. Same word for kidney in the Hebrew is also translated control. Mind and soul and life and person, all the same word. Uh, because that's that's you know, that's how your persona jurisdiction gets developed is through following your brain and your mind and that eating of that tree of knowledge, uh, the heart has to do with mind also. It's translated mind a number of times, same word. 
but that's because you can actually think in your heart. You don't have to just think in your brain. All these, the real spiritual thinking isn't a product of your mental gymnastics. It's a product of a spiritual awareness. And every one of these organs in your body and different parts of your body represent a spiritual room in which wickedness can control you. It also represents a room that could be inhabited by the Holy Spirit in which wickedness cannot enter. You cannot believe how many different levels evil can manipulate and control you, not just in your mind, but in your heart, in your liver, in your kidney. <laughs> they, all these are parts of the many mansions in your father's house. Every single cell of your body is a living organism that is supposed to work in concordance with what you and who you are. Well, if you have let Christ in your heart truly as your personal Savior, you will be healed, and you will start healing others at your mere presence. You will also start making people mad at your mere presence. <laughs> and angry and frightened and fearful and they'll stalk around you. But it isn't you. It's God in you. It's Christ in you, dwelling in you, because you've made a place for him. So you have to go into each of these rooms of your house and clean it out. And you don't have the power to do that, but God does. But that means you have to be still and that God in your heart, that Christ in your heart to start cleaning households. What you mostly do is just aware, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was that dirty. Oh my gosh, I didn't know I was that wicked. Oh my gosh, I didn't know I was that sinful. And the fact is, is this is what your ministers should be doing, rebuking. As many as I love, I rebuke. So we need to be still. And when we go out and do what we do during the day, taking care of the needy in our society, which could be your neighbor who wants to homeschool. How many, you want to find other people in your area, find out who's homeschooling. If you want to find out, find other people in your area, find out who's volunteering at the local convalescent home or hospital because they actually care about others. Those are the people you want to align yourselves with. Invite them over to coffee. Don't say come over for a church meeting. You know, have them over for tea and talk about these things. You know, they're homeschoolers. Ask them, what else do we have in common? Because we think homeschooling is really important. Home health. Oh, they're interested in home health. Now, we have a burning bush festival coming up this fall, October last week of September, first part of October, really is the last week of September, I guess. And we also, uh, we're looking for other people who want to learn all, you can't teach all these little things, all these little lost secrets of the Old Testament and the New Testament, what the early church was doing, how they were thinking, how they were operating. You can't teach that over a radio show. So we have to get together and challenge one another and come face to face with the darker side in our many, many room mansions 
and clean out each room one by one. And so out here in Summer Lake, Oregon, where we're going to have the Burning Bush Festival, and there's going to be another festival uh, this spring in Missouri, and you find out about that also on the Living Network. But if you want to come out here, we could make this a really big deal and really become a more than just my voice of one crying in the desert. It could be a lot of people. And we can make it a big event and a fun event and a learning event and a rebuking, awakening event. But we need to draw the right people and, and the strangers in our midst and other people as well. But we need to start working on that now. If you have talent and you want to share it, tell us about it and we'll set you up that you can come out and share with us your talent. If you have something you could teach, let us know. We'll set it up so that we can have different courses here over the week period of time or two weeks even where you can teach a course and whatever. Maybe it's just an hour. Maybe it's five hours. Maybe you want to work with kids. Maybe you want to teach something to do with health or homeschooling. You want to put on a presentation. Let's start organizing that now. We mentioned the wiki site. The wiki site, anybody can become an editor on the wiki site. You have to open up a wiki account at preparingyou.com. And then you have to notify your contact ministers that you have opened up a wiki account. You want to start editing web pages. Very easily done. Very simple coding. And they can set it up where they give you a status where you can start doing it. And you can edit those pages right on the net for everybody to come and see. But you have to become a part. You have to start working with other people. So anyway, in my father's house there are many mansions that... There are many different parts. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. All these rooms in the temple of the Holy Spirit, that's in you. Each one represents a different aspect that you want to have in your life that's blessed by Christ. That means you have to let Christ and the Holy Spirit into that aspect. He's not going to kick down the door. You have to let him in. And when you start to let him in, you're going to start seeing things about yourself that are not going to be that pretty. But the very first thing that Adam did when he sinned was he hid from that sin. If you want to find your way back to the salvation of Christ, to have the power of Christ, and you will need that power in the days ahead, because wickedness is massing their army of Moldor. Have I got the name right? <laughs> uh, they're wicked soldiers. They're elvins and they're orcs. And they're instruments of war. And those who are seeking righteousness are few. So you have to seek it with your whole heart, mind, and soul. And you have to put on the full armor of God. That means you have to let Him write not only on your mind, but on your heart, and on your liver, and on your kidney. In every room you must go and bring the light of God with you. That's going to be critical in the days ahead. 
we're going to talk uh, about some of these things also and in, in, uh, from another point of view in Freedomizer this afternoon. But it's very important that you actually start making physical contact. If you start having gatherings, we'll start bringing some of the people that are more mobile around to those gatherings, and we will share information that we just don't put on the radio with you. But more than anything, when we start breathing on each other and, and touching each other and laying hands on each other, we will start the imparting of the Holy Spirit, the sharing. If you love something, set it free. In other words, that's what you need to be going to church for, is not to get lifted up, but to get rebuked. To show one another your willingness to sacrifice yourself so that you will have life more abundant. So, well, they've had 15 minutes. Did anybody get a question in the chat room? <laughs> I just got reconnected and I started looking through some of the posts. Oh, okay. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, you said you had a headache earlier this morning. Is that getting any better? Or? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> You're hanging in there. <laughs> As, uh, the vo voice you're hearing is Paul. Paul's in Wisconsin. Uh, a Karnamawak, which Got it. I've learned to say <laughs> over the years. I actually have a relative in a Karnamawak, but uh, I never had to say it much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, we have other people that uh, are in a lot of different areas across the country. And like I said, we had some new uh, contact ministers coming online. And hopefully we can start developing some momentum and get more and more uh, with some of this new blood coming on. We have a few. We've always had a certain amount of turnover of contact ministers who come and, and even ministers of record because I think that this you have to have this personal staying power, this personal commitment that goes deep down into your heart and is not just in your head. And it also has to be that you're literally turning over the reins of control of your life, the kidneys of your life, into the hands of God himself. In order to do that, there's always little things that we hide about ourselves that we don't want to see. They're uncomfortable, the inconvenient truths about our own selves. In order to see those things and let God in, we have to open that door. We have to let God in there. And when he comes in, light shines on our own failings. And we have to be willing to see our own failings. Most of church is to help keep you from seeing the truth about yourself. It's to make you feel you're saved when you're not. Make you feel that Christ is in you when he is not. It's all artificial. That's what most of church is about, an artificial salvation. And that's not what we're about. As many as I love, I rebuke. Because Christ coming in you is going to rebuke you in all your failings, in all your weaknesses. And people say, oh, I don't want to hear about that. I just want to be lifted up. Cannot I have one without the other? He cannot. Christ rebukes those he loved the most. 
So we must rebuke ourselves, not judge ourselves, but allow the rebuke of God's wisdom to shine in us and expose the dirt and filth in the corners of our hearts, in the corners of our mind, in the corners of our being. We must walk into each individual room, and we will need help with that because we cannot save ourselves. And God has provided this mysterious way in which you can help one another. And by giving up your time to help others, not just giving up money, although we could use that, but that's not the point. It's giving up of your self, of your time, of your energy. And when I say the things that irk you or make you mad or upset you or bother you, you forgive. But if you really forgive, if I'm saying what's wrong, and you don't tell me, then you don't love me. Because if you think I'm wrong, whether you're right or I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. But if you think I'm wrong and you don't tell me, you don't love me. And if I'm your neighbor, then you don't love your neighbor. And if you don't love your neighbor, you don't love Christ. Because you're not doing what Christ said, because he said, love your neighbor. So, we have a lot of turning around to do, a lot of awakening to do. We cannot just awaken ourselves, but we can be willing to suffer that awakening, willing to carry the burden of that awakening. But as soon as we begin to wake up, we must become doers of the Word. We must actually put it into action. Because if we don't, we will lose what God has given us. So th there's no real way to put that in action without coming together with others. So everybody who's joining the Living Network needs to pick a contact minister, and that contact minister needs to be a minister to them. He needs to be effectively talking to them, calling them, being there for them. You don't need to keep occupying, you know, three, four hours of their time with talking. But check in. Just calling in to check in so that I can ask 10 PCMs and I know there are 100 people that have been checked on. And if those PCMs become PCMs of other PCMs as personal contact minister with others, then I can ask 10 and I know 1,000 people are accounted for, all president accounted for. And then when we start doing that, then we can start becoming the social welfare of that community. But you have to build it. If you see a gap, fill it. If you see a need, fill a need. If you see something that needs to be said, say it. If you're wrong, somebody should rebuke you. Somebody may rebuke you and you're right. You'll have to say, I'm sorry, I think you're wrong. I think I am right. But it's about direction. Are you moving towards a society that takes care of itself through faith, hope, and charity? Because if you're not, you're moving towards tyranny. Sweden thinks they're a real great country. 100 families, homeschooling. And they're making war on them. So they have to flee the country. 
so that if you have a child and you want to teach it yourself, as it says in the Bible, you have to hide the child. You have to hide the child. We're back in Egypt. If your daughter draws a picture of a gun in school, you could be arrested and strip searched. That's Canada. You think that can't happen in America? There were kids who got their parents into trouble because they drew a picture of a gun in school. This happened years ago in the United States. You don't realize how far away from righteousness we have gone. And they self-righteousness has become righteousness because they don't have God in their hearts. And those that say they have God in their hearts, they just got a God they've created themselves. They've drawn their own picture of God. And they're still self-righteous. Now, we could be doing the same, but if we come together, we will rebuke one another when we see, hey, I don't think that's of God. And what happens is the people who do nothing fall away. And the people who have made a commitment and have given God the control the kidneys of their in, the, in their heart and their mind and turn that over to God they will keep at it and then we will have the full armor of God that will be guiding us and leading us and God will go out before us because we will be following the Lord and though they be wicked men who stalk and spy out our liberty, we have nothing to be afraid of. Because the Lord is our shepherd. And though we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Because he is our shepherd. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures even if the pastures aren't green they will seem green to us because we will be blessed in our hearts and in our mind and in our kidneys and in our liver <laughs> by God because the character of God will be in us and then we will not be able to be sick we will be healed in all aspects we struggle against the truth we must surrender to it and let God lift us up in his time we go to church to serve others not to be served why? because that's why Christ came to serve us so everybody's ready to run to hisholychurch.org Click on the guy with the net. Join the local group. Say, who's the contact minister on this group? I want to meet other people. I want to pick a contact minister who can start setting up meetings with other people. We don't, there's nobody near me. Let's find. What can I do to find the other people near me? We've already gone over this. But now put it together into action. Find the homeschoolers in your local community. There's major homeschooling outfits, and you just write them and say, I want to find homeschoolers in my community. And you offer your... You don't have any kids? Doesn't matter. 
offer your services to the homeschoolers. How can I help you? I think I believe in homeschooling. I don't believe in taking away from my neighbor in order to provide an education. I want to form a society that's dependent on, on faith, hope, and charity. And I see you people not living off of the fat of the government, but wanting to take back your responsibilities. And I want to help you do that. Home health. Home health care. There are people who want to be at home. They don't want to be in the hospital. They get better treatment at home. We could be working. We could, if you want to support this, we can start training people up in this, finding people who will train our people up in this, and then learn by doing. But you have to find all those people who want to go this way. Glenn Beck was finding people in Europe that wanted to go this way. They they, they could see as the world, more systems tighten their grip, more systems will slip through their fingers. We need to be slipping through those fingers and moving in the direction of liberty under God. That's the kingdom of God. That means we have to turn around and go the other way. You have to actually start taking steps the other way. Thanks, Paul, for being there. You bet. Thanks, Greg, for everything. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.